Welcome to Piece by Piece, the weekly podcast where we talk about anything from piece of clothing, piece of art, piece of music, and ultimately, peace of mind. I'm Cage. My name's Walter. What we're talking about that I think is somewhat, what I hope is somewhat unique is the ways in which art is actually integrating with our lives and our our journeys. Um, And that is... Uh, it's not that the art that we will talk about all the time is going to be the best art or the most unique or the most relevant art, but it is the most relevant to us in this moment. Yeah. And I think that's that's, orig- that's original in, in, a, in a certain way for sure. Yeah, and something I really want to touch on is that like with that integration, uh, something I really don't appreciate about a lot of, I'll just say media uh, when it comes to the fashion industry, mm-hmm. is that it puts... It puts pieces and clothes and consumerism on this pedestal. Mm. And like, yeah, we both love clothes. We look at them every day. We put thought into our outfits and the whole nine yards. But at the end of the day, it's not your identity. Yeah. Like this sweater, love to death, just got it. It's just a sweater. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? There are greater issues. And that's why this podcast coincides with mental health because it's it's a process, you know what I mean? Yeah. This lifestyle of enjoying and thriving in the arts and being a creative mm-hmm. uh, while working through yourself. Yeah. I mean, we're all super complicated. I'll I'll go out on a limb and say nobody's got it completely figured out. Mm-hmm. You can be a therapist. You probably got something you're still working through. For sure. Oh, definitely. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's so cool. I, I don't know. I think that what has brought me peace this week has just been the fact that I have been creating lots of things and been waking up every day and putting on an outfit. Um, I, I, Mac Miller's like old quote about RIP Mac Miller about, um, you know, how putting on the right shirt can really change your day has just been resonating with me hard lately. So sometimes knowing that I've been facing some stuff, I've just been waking up and be like, all right, yo, get, get a fit off. Oh yeah. And, and that really, alters the course of my day sometimes you know and grounding myself in the fact that like yo i created some stuff this week i left some traces behind of my of like the fact that i'm here um that like bring just the realization of that i think brings me peace dude hell yeah yeah and that like when you wake up in the morning Mm -hmm. you're tired you don't have coffee anything like that you pick out an outfit dress well feel well do well like you do you feel so much better yeah all day yeah like i don't know how people wear sweatpants and a gym shirt from like all day yeah how, how do you do it there's a difference between doing it in a way that's still getting a fit off you know because I, yeah. I feel like so like yo, know, sometimes you can you can get a fit off with some sweatpants and some really cozy clothes and that it, it's so nice to get cozy oh yeah um, so, but there's a difference between just being like, I'm just going to throw all this, these dirty soiled clothes on all day. Did I wear these socks yesterday? Whatever. Yeah. I know it has a hole in it, but I'm not going to throw it out yet. <laughs> Lately, I have had a no tolerance policy for socks with holes. When I, when I, even if I have to separate a pair, if I pick out some socks and a sock has a hole in it into the trash, like I, no tolerance is, it, and I, you're not Dude. gonna make a DIY Margella sock sweater. Autumn winter '97. Don't quote that. I have no idea if that's true. I actually don't know the sweater. You I don't mean, know the sweater? No. Oh, you're gonna have to show me. After. Oh my god, I will. Yeah. He did a whole collection where basically you use household items to make his pieces for affordability. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah. He's like, you need socks with no spandex, no nylon, 
cotton. Yo. This is the size. Here's how many you need. Cut it here. Make it. Yo. You know what that reminds me of music-wise is there's there's a rapper that I, I had really liked for a long time who renamed, rebranded in a way. His previous rap name was Milo is, uh, and is now uh, Rap Ferreira. And he released an album not too long ago. It's like a jazz hip-hop album called Purple Moonlight Pages. And it is that. It is this intensely like masterful jazz hip-hop album in this way that follows no preordained like it's not it's just doing its own thing yeah um but it's also really intersecting thematically with like their everyday life in a way highly recommend that album if anybody wants to have like a really kind of unique musical experience too but dude that's that's awesome and this is the thing like i love seeing these intersections between art and or fashion and music and and all these um different forms of art that we love and and consume and the fact that you and i share such such similar tastes and don't a lot of the time too um is makes it so it's just so nice to have people you can recommend art to in a way that might be soothing it's like having surrounding yourself with an artistic community is like surrounding yourself with a room full of doctors and it's in in its own way you know because you can be you can be expressing all these things that you, you're struggling with and people can be like oh i listened to this in that moment let this past week i shared uh, just on my instagram story i had like shared a moment when i was making coffee in the morning and uh, in the background, I was had been listening to Daniel Caesar, the Superposition um, song specifically, and this um, person I worked with messaged me, and we had a really authentic conversation through Instagram DMs about just that song and and similar music and ha- where it hit at different points in our lives, you know. Um, so that I mean, more of that, you know, more of here is. This is a struggle. Here's the ways I decorated my time and my space uh, amidst that struggle. Here's how it helped or didn't help. Um, recommending concoctions and stuff for. Oh yeah, yeah. Everyone's got trauma, but let's make it sound good, look good, and throw some glitter on it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you fitted you you created something recently, you have, and if you can, you know, have a like a support community of people that will back you and hype you up. I mean, it it it's good to feel a certain type of strength from that, you know. Like, and that's what we're impervious. trying to do here too. Yeah, because in the in the artistic community, there's a ton of gatekeeping and that like, and each has their own forms of gate fashion, music. Yeah, there, there's like a, especially for fashion, there's like a hierarchy of like, I can't afford Balenciaga, therefore I am not into fashion as much as this other person. Yeah. And I don't know, we just want to create a, a community with a sense of like togetherness and like, dude, we're all in this together. Yeah. None of us know what we're doing. We love similar things. So let's talk about them. Yeah. Vibe with them. And like Walter said, prescribe something to make us feel better in situations. Yeah. Or, <laughs> and and it, it's like not always even. And I, and I love that it's not always feeling better. That is the goal. But, yo, do you feel more seen? Like. Hey, uh, in this, in your moment of feeling isolated or something, does this piece of art make you feel less alone or like your problem is less overwhelming and, um, impossible to overcome? Because if, 
you know, hear, seeing other people really authentically struggling with something that you relate to is just so is so powerful and transformative. And I think we could all use more of that uh, in our lives, especially now. Um, and we need to be promoting and sharing our art from um, communities that don't get as much attention to. And I find, I guess the thing that is so unique about fashion and the thing that the reason why fashion is a core tenant of this podcast and why we are going to be returning to fashion really frequently is because it for me was one the first thing that allowed me to show others the 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 communities I wanted to be a part of and the I don't know the the aesthetic that was inside of my mind mm-hmm. um it was the first thing that I could really put on display because I didn't always feel safe or comfortable expressing or talking to people, you know, and like get it, getting tattoos is def- we I think getting tattoos is the most uh, classic example of, of this is people getting tattoos really stands out as um, a, a departure in some way from a, a certain, I don't know, a cookie cutter existence. I, yeah, right. I mean, so it. I hear older generations so frequently talk about tattoos with such disdain. Um, and for me, that always made me want to get them more. Yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. And I think it's really funny when you hear people like completely against tattoos. Yeah. And, and when you ask them like, hey, man, like, what's your reasoning? Mm-hmm. Like, you, you care to elaborate on that? Yeah. There's like, tattoos bad, grr. Yeah. Um, but it's it's like, how is it better to put on banana republic shirt and khakis every day how is that like a, a a better decision for yourself than putting on a bunch of weird clothes or dressing goth every day you mm-hmm. know is there something that is it doesn't seem like a non-choice is the better choice you know i'd rather yeah. make a a emboldened conscious decision about what i'm putting on for me personally one of the first independent decision making processes i could make as a kid of course is picking your clothes yeah it's it's great like what like three four around there like can't cook yourself food yeah you can't drive somewhere you can't throw jump on the computer and listen to whatever music you want you're four years old yeah so you're like my one decision today that i'm gonna make for myself is wearing these camo cargo shorts and a Yu-Gi-Oh t-shirt yeah and i'm gonna look sick yeah that's you know what right. i mean I, totally dude yeah i mean i feel like that is I, I am so excited for when my daughter is going to start picking out her own clothes and to just be like, yo, go nuts, you know, put on whatever you want. You want to wear let you want to wear a costume every day, your Halloween costume every day. Like, hey, go for it. For whatever reason, you really feel this is the vibe for you. You're you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. I it was like when I bought these. um acg cargos these most recent ones they're they're just the black ones i put them on and i was like they're too there's too much room there's too they're a little too baggy there's too much room but then i i was like oh but they do be kind of comfortable and oh the material is kind of nice i really like having these pockets and uh, and all these things and and then i started to once i tuck my shirt in tighten the belt and stuff i was like actually these these are great. I feel empowered wearing these, you know, I, it, more than I do when I put on some like tight pants. Oh yeah, <laughs> tight pants. No no hate on tight pants. I definitely wear tight pants too. But I just found out what those pants remind me of. 
the, the these ones yeah what, what what the silhouette reminds me of they remind me of uh Killua's pants with the white t-shirt and the chimera anarch where he's got like the puffier pants you know what i'm talking about Ooh. and he's training <laughs> yo no i'm never taking them off dude <laughs> oh dude i got my Killua poster right here Hold you have up. a Killua poster yeah just a little one Oh, best boy. Yeah. Look at him. I know, dude. I got to hang it somewhere. I just, I'm just not sure where. Um, it's Mr. Steal Your Heart. I know. All I have on my desk is my is this Killua poster and a Daniel Caesar vinyl from Case Study 01. Um, phenomenal. Phenomenal album. Yeah, definitely. I know, man. That was one. Fantano gave, gave it such a low score. I was like, that was, it was one that really hurt me. I was like, come on, man. When I listened to... Uh, because Blonde is, like, very close to my heart. Yeah. Got me through some rough times. Yeah. And then I, I finally, like, I found Fantano after the fact. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to the review and I was like, oh, bro. <laughs> like, I I know you're right and I see your point. Yeah. But don't give it that great and just say he can do better. Yeah. It's good. I know. Well, it's tough because it's... I remember hearing Chris Rock talk about My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and he was making a case for why that's like one of the best albums ever. He was saying it was the best. And he was saying what makes it better than Michael Jackson's Thriller is that there's no baby be mine on My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. True. And that I think that Blonde, this is maybe a hot take. There's some songs that are definitely not ones that I'm returning to all the time, right? Blonde, I mean, Blonde is a longer album. Every time I go back to it and listen all the way through, I'm like, oh, there's some there's some songs in here I forgot about, which I guess surprises me. So Blonde is like a... I give Blonde a, a, a strong eight if I was Fantano. <laughs> but I would also give it yeah. a strong eight to light nine. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that there aren't songs on it that are tens. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, just as an album, you know, 10 out of 10 albums from the last like year or so, like Igor is one of them for me. I just think it's really, I think it's such an inspired project that I, every song for me has such a, a necessary part, like position in the album. And as a writer, I just respect the narrative so hard. Like I, it's so hard to curate a vibe from beginning to end and tell a story and do it and have something really inspired on every single song that i just i have a lot of respect for it you don't know who's the king of that Hmm. that mood curation in a in a linear fashion Hmm. kendrick lamar definitely yeah in my opinion for sure yeah and well and the ability i you have to give credit for someone being able to completely switch a vibe in an album and be able to do so in a way that feels totally necessary, like totally relevant to the to the whole theme, right? I feel like Tyler and Kendrick can both do that, like no problem for sure. I mean, and and I mean, Tyler um, is getting better and better and better, in my opinion, for sure. Not that he, I, I, I it's funny because I'm a little older than you, um, and I remember when Yonkers first dropped on YouTube. I, I caught it when there was still under a million views, pretty early and really loved it at the time just because of how dark it was then there's a period of time when i guess i departed from the odd future wolf gay i think it was the you know some of the more wgkta it was just some of the controversial stuff it's up i was like um, there's some stuff said in there that, yeah for uh, sure but it's doesn't I mean, age well but you know what i really 
admired always about what Tyler, the way that Tyler talked about his music was that he said, and, and this has been done by other people and underground people for a long time for sure, but he was like, we have horror movies and no one gets mad at a, at a director for doing a bunch of gory stuff in their movies. Why are you getting mad at me for doing a bunch of gory stuff in my songs? And I don't know. I, I've definitely, I do, I get that, you know, why? That's a great point. Right? Yeah. I, that's, that, that makes total sense. But hor- listening to horror music is its own genre in a way. Like, I don't, I don't really turn to it. I had heard a, I don't even remember the names of some of these rappers. I was friends with some like juggalos when I was a little kid, like mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth grade. And I remember one of these kids' older brothers was playing this song to me, and it was literally about like kidnapping this mom and these kids and putting the kids in the back seat and like tying the mom to the back of the car. It was like very gruesome. And they were listening to this stuff like regularly, you know, psychopathic records sort of stuff. I was like, that can't be good for you. I just feel like that can't be good for you. But at like I at the same time I love watching I love horror movies and stuff like that, but there was something that felt very too sincere. Well, I mean, music's very personal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because movies, there's the separation of the screen, in my opinion. When it's music, like if you're alone in your car, yeah. Like that feels like a little personal experience. Like mm. you know what I mean? Like you're in your own head. Yeah. And like what is coming through the speakers is in your head yeah so like if you're listening to immortal techniques dance with the devil yeah over and over over and over yeah you're gonna feel a little man i remember when i heard that song for the first time oh it scarred me for a little bit yeah dude i yeah you're right there's this basquiat quote that i heard today actually where um or that I, i i probably saw it on like a tattoo on instagram or something that was um art decorates space music decorates time yeah and that I think that is a crucial difference. It's different. It's different to see something than and 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 process it um, in a way that it that seems much more material. But like sonic uh, effects, you it's know, it's intangible. That, yeah, it's just there and it's gone. I mean, and technically, I guess it is material, which is why it's important that we take it seriously because it act it does act on you. Like there's a sound barrier, right? There is actual sonic like waves, but um, yeah, the way that music can really turn a vibe in a few seconds is is really interesting i listened to this is becoming a music podcast the first time that i listened to the newest daughters album i put on the first city song the first song because i had heard how good it was but i put it on because i was in a very dark bad place feeling a lot of anxiety and so i was like this is going to match my mood perfectly but it matched it so perfectly that it just drove me deep into like a panic attack i had to turn it off but then i revisited it of course and and loved it when i was more mm-hmm. stable but and I, I guess that brings us to our present moment which is abundantly difficult um it's just to date this it's friday november 6th 2020 right and it is we're still awaiting all of our election whatever there we're in the middle of so many unprecedented things pandemic everything um and so mental health is suffering of course for a lot of us and i would like to know cage um within this past week in this present time what art has brought you peace and what art has brought you chaos i guess we can start with chaos we can start with chaos Unless you ha- would prefer to start with peace. I would prefer to start with you because I got to think about chaos. A couple things brought me peace, but uh, okay. 
I'd be happy to. Yeah, go for it. The art this week that has brought me chaos has been the art that I've created. Mm -hmm. And that has been starting another book. Um, my Which feels chaotic because I have a book that I've finished that I am not really sure what to do with. I don't really want to just publish it. And, you know, it just has its own journey that... I don't feel have the energy to attend to right now. It's easier to create something than like market it and sell it and like give it a oh absolutely place to go. You yeah. know, it's it's easy to. I feel like it would be cool to create clothes, but starting a brand is like um, that's why publishers and music uh, management companies are in existence because exactly being a jack of all trades like that is borderline impossible to like the highest degree in each category. Like yeah. it doesn't happen. Not everybody can be chance, but I feel like when you're <laughs> chance and you got your attention put in all these different directions, you create the big day and nobody wants oh, that, you know? Man. So uh, I don't want to, if I, I don't want to put my energy in too many places and, and make a, you the, mentioning that is bringing me chaos, Walter. I'm so, I'm so sorry, but it's okay. No I love my wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> love mine too. So, um, no hate. Uh, uh, there's so much admiration, but it's yeah. How hard would it be to manage everything without that? It's a what does cap what does like capitalism do? A production company do? Here, chance to talk about this all the time is like yo. It it takes that lack of knowledge and that need for distribution and you know um, industry experience, and it's like yo. I'll comfort. I'll I'll comfort you in that. I'll, I'll take care of it for you. We'll just do all of it. And then it ends up like stealing and controlling mm -hmm. in some ways, right? Very um, predatory contract. Yeah. And I don't want to do that with my book, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I guess that is, has brought me some chaos. Starting a project, another project, even though I haven't gotten to a place where I know the, the industry and what to, all to do with my book. How know? does the industry work with like your first publication per se? Like, like for established authors, I understand like there's going to be a premium, like the person publishing it isn't going to get as much as like, say somebody else because well, there's I mean, notoriety. You, like, yeah. Like, is there gatekeeping in the industry of like authors and like, how does that work? Like, how do you. So if anybody wants to write a book, uh, the first question you need to ask yourself is who do I know that's famous or what or do I have a platform? Because the publication is sale is a sales game. So you can't publishing a book and, and the degree to which you can publish a book. Of course, it's not all this isn't always the case. Sometimes it's a meritocracy. Basically, this is what happens. You write a book, right? And you're like, yo, this book is incredible. You give it to a bunch of people that are that know about good books. You give it to some professors, some readers, some people that can tell you if this is trash or not. And then you, you so you're validated that it's a good project. That's that was what I did. That's what I was advised to do. But from there, if you don't have a connection to the publishing world, you can decide to either a self-publish, which means I'm going to put my book out in the world, but uh, I'm, it's total meritocracy. It's relies on my ability to promote within my circles and get people attentive to whatever, right? It would be the same if you wanted to start a clothing brand or, or do a lot of things you want to paint. Like, do you know someone at a coffee shop that will sell your art in their car? Like, what do you know? Um, and so with a book, ideally you want to have an agent, just like if you're a musician or an actor and that agent then has the industry experience and the connections and can get your book or, you know, your work entered into contests and you know get get it 
has contracts with bookstores, can find a good publisher and sell it to them. And so I basically was cold selling my book in emails to agents, mm-hmm. like you were pitching. just elevator pitching after exactly. elevator pitch. And that's what they ask you to do, and that's yeah. what they want you to do. But it's so hard. I don't know any of these. I, I can look at the the books they've worked with, and that gives me some sense. But what if you really do something completely original, mm-hmm. right? What if you do something that's totally original and um, there well, is and there isn't a market for it, which I don't I'm not saying I'm doing there. Is, I think there is. And it's not totally original. There's a book that's similar. That's somewhat similar to mine. A professor compared it to. And I was like, yo, this is whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I think about that with fashion and stuff, too. It's so hard to it's, man. I mean, like how many Instagram fashion brands are there? Are they? It, it becomes confusing to know if something is truly original in a really inspired way or if it's ultimately a copy because so many people are ripping so many people up yeah i mean you're wearing the rough simmons uh sweater right now I right am. and i was just gonna mention i saw a quote uh when i was because I'm, I'm actually writing a research paper right now on raf simmons and i i saw a really funny quote and they're saying in uh in the land of copycats in the fashion industry there's the golden rule and the golden rule is raf did it first <laughs> I, I thought mean, it was the funniest thing ever. Is this is this a beat up Nebraska sweater or did you pay six thousand dollars? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so it's so hard to to think about being original and new. And I think that if you do that, um, if you're trying to pursue like being totally new and original for the sake of being totally in, or new and original, you won't do it. You just have to do authentic creation completely. Not because you can't do the like inspo thing you can't be like oh this author i really uh that's my favorite author or this designer who's my favorite designer this musician who's i'm going to exemplify them i do think you need to consume a lot of art the first thing a, a creative writing professor told me in college that has stuck with me was if you want to be a really good writer you have to be a really good reader and it's it's totally true to embed a, a, a good like good narrative structure into your brain you have to consume a lot of it so same like i have to be touching clothes and feeling fabrics and things to get really into um fashion i can't just look at it online all day no it's completely different yeah oh uh in terms of gatekeeping in fashion yeah like i think about how people always assume that money is the issue look at fit god shia labeouf Oh my God! You know, Shia LaBeouf could might spend almost nothing on clothes. The God. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's that f- famous story about Kanye showing up at Shia LaBeouf's house to raid his closet. You know, like, and Yeezy thinks he's le- he's fit God number one, and he's going to Shia LaBeouf who who is not wearing branded really anything, and is inspo for everyone. Yeah. So I don't think that money has to be a a major part of this even though of course like i do spend some money but i was thinking about this actually today i'm in a position right now where i'm i'm definitely you know we're struggling like we need daycare times are so tough right now financially on a lot of people but i have some clothes that i can sell for the same price i bought them four years ago because i invested in nicer in in nicer pieces that i've been wearing you know Mm -hmm. the fact that i have like undercover and stuff that i have been wearing over the last few years and now i can turn around and sell it for basically the same price i bought it for you know what is the i mean it's such a it's actually a i don't want to i'm not going to make the argument this is this is the argument i make in my head before i make a big cop like this is actually go for it it. because i have devil's advocate waiting for you okay i i uh 
it's both a an economically wise decision and an ecologically uh, caring decision to buy things as opposed that that you know uh, will will last or have a staying value. It's like you wouldn't buy a, you don't buy a car if you know that that brand of car the second you drive it off the lot loses ten grand. You know, even though that happens, I guess ubiquitously all, all of them. But um, but there's definitely a lot of things that have more staying power, and clothes can do that. Anyway, that's only my that's my argument in my head when I'm gonna make a more expensive cop like my capital fleece maybe, but I don't ever plan to sell it. <laughs> but if I bought all the H and M or whatever that I bought Zara that I bought years ago is worth dimes now, you know nothing. Um, and so what am I gonna do with it? Drop it off at a Goodwill or give it to a Buffalo Exchange or something like that? I can't sell it. I'm not gonna get a return on it. So that's that's my case. That's, I, that's what I say to make myself feel better. I agree with some of your points mm-hmm. and other points I completely disagree with. Hit me. Uh, I completely agree with sustainability. Fast fashion yeah. is uh, something when I learned about it, completely dropped it. Yeah. And I'm never looking back. Like the sustainability of these pieces, like you said, um, they're of higher quality. They last years. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite clothes that I own are older than all of my siblings. Yeah. My my daily my daily t-shirts yeah. um could drive right now if they were a person. Yeah. Um I love that so much. My uh, my undercover cargos I'm unfortunately selling are 20 years old, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. It's fantastic yeah. because they're made with quality integrity and your point of uh resellability. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. Um but I do want to play devil's advocate and say there is that starting cost. Mm. Definitely. Like I got into fashion personally. Well, the intrigue started in like middle school, but for real, like uh, high school and later is when I got into the pieces that like I love and enjoy today. But I couldn't afford that. Like I started working at 15. Like I couldn't even work yet. I was caddying because I knew somebody. So I carried rich people's bags. Yeah. They were like throwing clubs at me for like, what, 20 bucks an hour. Mm -hmm. And back then I'm not going to like. I didn't have the know-how, knowledge, or any of that Definitely. To, to buy these things. Yeah. So I hit the thrift stores. Yeah. Like every day, <laughs> because if you don't have money, one thing you have is time. Definitely. Especially when you're younger, and yeah, people who think there's gatekeeping in fashion, like mm. I'm gonna go on the record and say that, like if you think you're better than somebody because of your clothing. Oh, you're saying the gatekeepers? Yes. Yeah. You're you're flawed as a person. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. But there there is. Like, if you have the ability to buy nicer clothes, they will last much longer. Uh, you have more unique cuts. There is resellability mm-hmm. uh, within margin, of course, because yeah. of but trends. And- never, never think you need to pay a high price tag to get a look you're looking for. Yeah. You either invest t- uh, money or time. Mm-hmm. And I went to thrift stores for about two years every weekend mm-hmm. to curate, like, a couple boxes of clothes. Yeah. And that gives you more experimentation too. Yeah, at your yeah, absolutely. You're right. And ima- like imagine saving up and paying like 250 bucks for this pair of pants that's like obscure like and then and then you're like man these suck. <laughs> I really don't like these. Yeah, especially if you don't know what there it is a classed discussion. It is like there is a degree of education that has to go into it. I think that 
for me and you as people that have been have spent a lot of our life having to be on our own and be self-sufficient we're really used to doing tons of research into every decision we make pretty much um and self-education is a thing that luckily is so much more accessible now i mean uh studying literature and spending time in archives when i was in graduate school um the literal barrier between so many people and any sort of upward mobility is the fact that a book is too expensive for them to buy or learning how to read was too expensive to buy or or too expensive um or with with outside of their means yeah um and now the fact that i can look up any brand look up the people that are making it the distribution the manufacturing some of that information is is a bit harder to find for certain things but that is that helps a lot so I'm not telling anybody to just ball out right away, but if there's something you see that you really, really like and want to save for and it feels like a a, a need or something for you, because I've slowly, I've been trying really, really hard to decrease the quantity of my wardrobe, increase the, qual- the quality of it um, so that I can have like, you know, a rack uh, that really is all the clothes I'm going to be wearing for that season and the following and it's flexible enough that I can do that too. You know, if if my capital fleece was the only nice thing that I had, like I can't it doesn't really match everything. Uh I can't wear it all the time, you know? So um that was definitely a its own thing, but you were I, so hyped when you got that. I know. I mean, but dude, I wear it around the house I all know. the time. I've like it's so cozy. My daughter really loves to cuddle in it. Um, I don't know. And even if I spilled wine on it or something, I'm rocking it. You know, oh, I don't yeah. care at all. I, 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 I'm very, I mean, I had to proxy it from Japan. <laughs> That's another thing yeah. with buying clothes with the mentality of reselling. True. Wearing and living in your clothes. Mm-hmm. Shit happens. Yo, t- talk to me about Tom Sachs, uh, disposition on the Mars yards. Tom Sachs disposition on the Mars yards is people who buy shoes for the current value of them which um right now i haven't checked for dead stock but uh i saw a couple pairs around like upwards of two thousand dollars which is which is genuinely ridiculous tom Sachs is a uh on the low end low end yeah Yeah. he he's a contemporary artist who does very uh i'll say industrial pieces and he meant these to be work shoes and uh if you haven't seen them i recommend you look them up uh uh Tom Sachs Mars Yards Nike 2.0. Yeah, and and don't I recommend looking. This is what I did with what have done with people that don't know is like, "Hey, look at this shoe. Do you like it?" Yeah. You know? Like outside of knowledge of price or anything or what it's reselling for, and the thing that is so impressive about the shoe is almost everybody's like, "Yeah, that's a really nice sneaker." Yeah. yeah. It it is. It's a genuinely beautiful non like like with a lot of collabs, it looks like it was just cranked out in a workshop. Like, yeah, like those T-shirts where they slap two logos instead of one. Like, wow, double Whoa. The price. Whoa, they they took the logo, but they like distorted it. Nuts. <laughs> instead of being on the chest, part is on one sleeve, part is on the other. No way. <laughs> oh, raw hem. It's it's a it's it's a bogo, but it's raw hem. And that says to me that, like, yeah, you know what? Maybe this is just a BOGO, but it's undermining the... (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's the hip hop circle jerk for fa- fashion circle. Jerk. Oh my god! Sorry, but... continue. <laughs> but I, no, no, you were uh, you told me this thing the other day about Tom Set, like Tom Set talking about the Mars yards and like replicas and stuff. It and, was incredible. Yeah. Uh, basically, he said uh, the shoe is meant to be a work shoe. Mm-hmm. He he works in a workshop. He does a lot of wood cutting, a lot of painting, a lot of this, and basically there's a set criteria of rules in the workshop and if the quality lies in the work not in what happens to get to the work Mm -hmm. this specific art piece and he made a pair of shoes his first ones which were the mars yards 1.0s yeah were made with uh nasa grade ballistic material Mm. which is just incredible yeah and they were hyper limited like pretty much nobody got a pair yeah. So then he came out with a second pair, which is the 2.0, which mm-hmm. most people, I'm not going to say most people have, but when you see them, that's mostly what they are. Yeah. And they're meant to be worn in, lived in, worked in. Yeah. You're supposed to destroy these shoes because the quality and material put into it will withhold it mm-hmm. and perform. Yeah. And what he mentioned in an interview was that I loved is that he hates how expensive his shoes are. Because the people who are paying those prices will clean them daily, mm-hmm. won't wear them in the rain, won't work in them. It completely <laughs> defeats the purpose of why he created this in the first place. Mm-hmm. And he says, if you really love my work and you want a pair of these to just wear and like like uphold what these were meant to be, mm-hmm. buy replicas. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Like I... Even though they won't be made with that same quality. Like, yeah. The, he wants to see people wearing these shoes out. Yeah. 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 He's encouraging what it was meant to be. And mm-hmm. yeah, like we can get into the replica market later. But I thought it was fascinating that instead of saying like, oh my God, buy the shoes that give me a little bit of profit. Yeah. He he would re- he has the artistic integrity to say like, I want you to wear this and uphold what this was meant to be. Yeah. And I think that's incredible. Yeah, part of me is really hopes that I could see a pair of like art, like already pretty beat up Mars Yards at a reasonable price at some point and buy them as like a, yeah, this is actually what I want to buy. I don't oh, yeah. want to buy the pair that's like been polished all these years. You know what? Hmm. I do. And I want to destroy yeah, them. Yeah, but that's okay. And watch people cry. But this is the thing it's like, would you buy Acronym and never go out in the rain? <laughs> you know, it's like, a lot would of people you, do. Would you play a like, you know, MMORPG, you know, play World of Warcraft and get all the best gear over the course of however much time only to then never raid in it <laughs> or use it to kill anything, but just to walk around. I guess people might do that, but it's like, imagine if you played a video game to get all the best weapons and then never killed anybody using it. maxing their gear and they're like, damn, it looks good in my inventory. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh man, if I ever hit someone in these, ooh, it would hurt. I bet. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like imagine. And that's what people do. I think definitely do with clothes. It's, you yeah. get these things that are premium, meant to last, meant to withstand. But then you put on, you know, your Zara and you like hit the snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> um, your Uniqlo heat tech. And you're like, you're I'm like, ready for anything. Acronym J28K. You think you know, I'm wearing that in the Uniqlo rain? Uniqlo heat tech do be hit. I mean, no, no. But anyway, it's like, yeah, I... I definitely am trying to get more in that mindset. It's hard when you spend so much on something not to covet it, of course. Um, or if somebody tells you something's rare, it's like, oh, no, what if I lose it? But yeah. 
I don't know if I bought a pair of Mars yards and the next day I like I don't know someone ran over my feet and but that wouldn't mess them up I don't know uh, a dog chewed them up into pieces I think I would just frame them and be like that because that would be hilarious if you walked in here and I had a pair of Mars yards sitting on the table that were torn up that's a story you know that would be sick and that's interesting actually so yeah Hell yeah, dude. You got to have so much respect for somebody who creates just for the creating, you know? Oh, yeah. The process as a whole. It's it's incredible. It's yeah. therapeutic. I mean, that's what we're doing. Absolutely. You know, I, I it's not that there's a lot of podcasts I'm trying to emulate or anything, but there aren't a lot of places where I feel like art and mental health and a, a, a sincere, actually like welcoming and wanting more community intersect for me whether it's chaos or peace i'd be really curious if to have you talk about any of the things that you've consumed this last week whether it be just as freeform as you want to oh yeah i mean um this week i consumed just more art than i have in a very long time hell yeah and uh, i can only really think of one that brought me chaos i wouldn't say it's a, a negative chaos because mm. i mean chaos can be interpreted many Same, like ways. my creative my creative Yours is a, stuff is yes it's like chaotic in a way that it's like unsettling yeah. and scattered oh yeah. yeah so i went down a a rabbit hole on youtube for like a whole day mm-hmm. of just these like 30 to 40 minute documentaries that are like independently made on just the most random topics i watched one pbs one on uh why everything's evolving into crabs <laughs> it was great yeah yeah but the one that really stuck out to me was uh it was called the unknown works of dr seuss word which was it because i i have very small siblings and like when they were little i used to read them uh dr seuss and they were all around the all around the house i read them when i was a kid everybody knows dr seuss so it turns out after he passed away um, a set of artworks were basically released to the public that he said, like, I have an image right now while I'm alive and producing these children's books mm-hmm. because he was originally a political cartoonist and he actually did some terrible cartoons that are like very racist now, but very that's... problematic person. Yeah. And, th- and then he wrote hop on pop. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hop on pop, dog. Green eggs and ham, bro. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he still enjoyed like painting um, in his spare time and he did it as a form of therapy so he released about uh i believe it was 50 or 60 with 10 with like darker content um but there were just like works of therapy and Mm. uh he was just working through his personal issues with art yeah and like one of them uh was it it was just called like many cats Mm -hmm. and he just painted uh as many cats as he can fit on the canvas as a form of meditation Mm. and i remember it was like 260 something okay and they were very abstract and super creepy yeah but there was like sorry there was like four or five that were like very dark Mm. which were genuinely my favorite yeah you know how he does uh these landscapes and like buildings that are so outrageous and outlandish like Mm -hmm. like not architecturally sound at all not architecturally sound at all like no uh, no lines whatsoever, completely curved, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. He did some of these, like, the only way I can describe it is like a hellscape where, mm. like, no windows, no doors, no nothing, just this this abstract design and architecture. Mm. And instead of, like, a light background in his kid's book, it was just black yeah. or, like, a dark gray fading to a black. And one, like, one of his characters, like, very somber, melancholy, just 
there and it was just stairs in this abstract structure Hmm. and i loved it yeah i'm like this is really really cool yeah it was really interesting to see like i wouldn't call it a darker side but a peek behind the the child's author that everybody knows if i could start writing children's books and making millions of dollars i think that that would be something i would enjoy and like do it for the money Mm -hmm. even though the art that i really that it feels like it's more holistically coming from me would be obviously much darker um but because it's so hard to i don't want to make i feel bad almost making lots of dark stuff sometimes because i don't want to when i i was writing my book i had shared a bit of my manuscript with a friend of mine who really struggles with some similar mental health stuff as me we both have diagnosed ptsd and when he and at one point we were both really struggling with like just some dark stuff and he he was like dude i'm sorry but this is too hard for me to read because it's just puts me, it keeps me in that really dark space. Oh yeah. So it's a fine line between bringing people into a space that they can't escape from and showing people a space that they relate to Mm -hmm. that makes their dark space not seem so closed off. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, and I have one more fun fact about Dr. Seuss. Oh yeah. 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 It turns out the word boner back in the day was a word for like a blunder or a stupid mistake. Oh, okay. So he Whoa. made he made five or six books called like uh, <laughs> called like terrific boners, <laughs> and it was just these like one or two frame comics of people making dumb mistakes. There's like World War II era Doctor Seuss books called like the extravagant boners of humanity, <laughs> and I think that's Yo, hilarious. I, me too. So you you were encountering all of that and the the crab evolution in the same day oh yeah that sounds like a chaotic it was consumption pretty, day for sure it was a lot yeah do, do you like watch anything other than youtube that day do you watch any anime or anything oh that day or were you just in a youtube hole i was in day? a youtube You're, hole yeah i mean it's really nice to like fleet between all these like niche communities and, oh yeah like, knowledge sections for sure um what about peace Ooh, what's peace. brought you peace 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 I'm going to start by saying I value my friends a lot. Mm. And uh, one of them pitched the idea because we're all super busy. Like I'm currently in college right now. Um, Mm. People are working full time Mm. and uh, we don't have time to come together. So somebody pitched the idea of like uh, what day we can do an anime night. Yeah. And I thought that was a sick idea. Yeah. And I was like, I hope this comes to fruition. And Mm. then everyone was equally as stoked. And we made it happen immediately. Yeah. We made a spreadsheet. Everyone like had a pick and like <laughs> we we went to this website for like a spinner wheel and like whose pick won. I didn't win. Bummer. Yeah. But we won. <laughs> Wait, what was your anime? What was your What did I pick? Yeah. I picked this an this movie called Wolf Children. Okay. That uh no idea what it's about yeah but i saw the art style but I, I, my first i'm like oh i want to i want to know what yeah i yeah. i, I want to know more i've i'm like intentionally like pigeonholing myself from information for sure i want to know yeah <laughs> but the anime that one is called uh girls and panzer <laughs> which is uh an anime about high school girls in a competitive tankery league and they they drive and have tankery tanks bro oh tanks oh okay anime girls driving tanks and having mock wars okay hell yeah and i was like what was it good it was pretty good okay it's above average like but it does i feel like in those moments it's like you're doing it with your homies <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah it was great because yeah. like everyone was in discord and we were like uh 
what is going on? Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, dude, I mean, nothing feels better than that, like, you know that moment, that first, like, spontaneous moment when you get really excited about an idea that you could do with, yes. like, your friends? And so often those just go on, like, peter out, you Oh, know? yeah. They die yeah. quick. Yeah, but it's like because as soon as you message like the third person and you're mm-hmm. like, "Yo, are you game?" and they're like, "Nah, I, I got stuff to do." <laughs> I feel like it just dies, and you're like, oh. "Yeah, your motivation, your motivation's like, Ooh, yeah, yeah." But damn. when it all comes together, that that definitely that that sounds like peace for sure. Yeah, it wasn't even peace because it was a great show. Yeah. I will. It was funny, but right now it's definitely a, a show. A real distraction is has there's something to say for a real distraction because it's hard oh, yeah. to even enjoy the things right now that I normally enjoy. Like I find myself watching things that I know that I like or mm-hmm. that I would be really excited about getting into. I've been waiting to watch or something and being, you know, lost in my thoughts halfway through or something like that. So lost in the sauce, would you say? Yeah. Okay. I uh, just, I just want to confirm. <laughs> yeah a little bit and and it, i think it's like it's it's so it's so nice if you can just have a departure and like a genuine escape be like yo i actually forgot about all the stuff that was stressing me out yeah. for a little bit there's something to say right now for that you know and hopefully this podcast was one of those things that potentially allowed you to have a real distraction um but this is future Walter because Cage and I unfortunately did not think to record an outro or we did, but it was far too late and out of context. So for anybody that tuned into our first episode, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate it. Ultimately, it's not really about getting big or, or anything here. We just quite literally needed to be getting together more and sharing art and have a reason Um, to keep ourselves accountable to consuming things that we know bring us peace and bring us joy little by little, quite frankly, piece by piece. And we just hope that uh, maybe we turned you on to some cool art that will be of use for for you as well. And please feel free, if anything, we are seeking for any listeners to share things with us as well. And we hope that you're doing well, no matter who you are um, or where you're coming from. You're a homie, and we're just so grateful to have you. There's no hate. Even if you hate on us here, hey, it's all good. Uh, no worries. We want lift to lift everybody up here. So just please feel free to reach out to us, especially while our community is small, so we can interact and engage with you. We hope to maybe make an Instagram page for the podcast and stuff coming soon. But we'll also be releasing episodes as weekly as possible here definitely have one already lined up for next week as well so stay tuned reach out to us let's just lift each other up during these difficult times make sure to be speaking out against injustice make sure to be promoting equity and be sure to find peace for yourselves but ultimately seek peace for your community thanks again and talk to you soon